this isn't just chance that this is happening. I think this is part of a maturing of the bursary programs within our sector. And I think the other thing that's really helpful is that there's an emerging sense that bursary is about far more than just fundraising. A lot of times the focus is on we we can only do bursaries if we have the money, therefore we need to focus on fundraising and then the conversation stops. In actual fact, there are three key elements of, of a bursary programme. You need to have all three working really well if you're going to have a successful programme. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this episode where we're talking about bursary programmes and thinking about how they require input from across the whole school community to be a real success. So they really are a whole school effort. And the reason I'm doing this particular episode is because I'm seeing more and more actually bursary programmes not fulfilling their full potential because there's confusion or internal disagreements about who should be doing what to deliver that bursary programme. And as we're seeing more and more independent schools committing to these programmes, I think sharing information about a best practice way to think about this is really actually beneficial and important. So in theory, it should be pretty clear. There should be an obvious demarcation between the role of various different departments, such as the marketing team, the admissions team, the development office, pastoral support. Obviously, heads, leadership team and governors all need to be committed to the concepts of of bursaries as well. But I often see that there being an unfair, if you like, distribution of work towards one particular office and that often being the development team. Now this might be slightly unfair, I'm very happy to admit this up front. I work with a lot of development teams and so maybe I'm seeing a slightly skewed element of the sector in the sense that I'm speaking to directors of development who are experiencing this. Maybe there are directors of marketing, directors of admissions, deputy heads of pastoral support who are also feeling that they are taking on too much of the bursary programme. Maybe I'm just not speaking to them. But at the same time, having worked with a lot of heads and governors on whole school strategy, so I get to see the picture from their point of view as well, I do think that actually some of this is directly impacting or limiting the amount of fundraising that can happen because development teams are being drawn into too much of the other elements, non-fundraising elements of bursary programmes. So today I'm going to be talking about a couple of different things in this area. The first is the three key elements of a bursary programme and who should be doing what when you think about those three key elements of the programme. Thinking about splitting remits between departments and securing resources in each of those departments to ensure that the programme is a success. 
I just want to pause for a moment to say thank you to you. The Independent School podcast has now passed its second birthday, published more than 100 episodes and has had over 6,000 listens. As the founder and host of this podcast, I've been really humbled by the number of people who have told me that it's really helped them. From school heads who've rushed up to me at conferences and told me how it's been a real guide for them through tricky times, through to experienced directors of development who have said it reassures them that they're on the right track. So thank you for listening and for all your kind comments along the way. If this podcast is helping you, then I invite you to join the 300 people who have asked to get my weekly emails. That way you'll hear about each episode as it's published, as well as the special offers that I only tell people about when they're on my mailing list. So to get my weekly emails, you can go to www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash sign up. So some of the things that I'm seeing fairly regularly, actually, development teams being drawn into parts of bursary programmes well beyond the traditional um, fundraising alumni relations remit of a development office. Things like getting heavily involved in bursary marketing, in selecting individuals from those who are applying, um, taking the, the kind of front seat, if you like, on forging partnerships with other local state schools to raise awareness of bursaries that are happening within the development team. For example, supporting current bursary holders through their time at the school in terms of pastoral support sometimes as well. And I think there are some really common roots as to why I see this happening. Firstly, I have yet to know a school where there is ample time within departments. All school departments are time poor and often, not always, but often we see a fair amount of silo working. So each department working relatively independently without adequate crossover of either information or workflow between those departments to be truly efficient. I think that's built into some of the ways that schools worked historically. And so maybe trying to overcome that is a particular challenge. So I think there isn't, this isn't just chance that this is happening. I think this is part of a maturing of the bursary programmes within our sector. And I think the other thing that's really helpful is that there's an emerging sense that bursary is about far more than just fundraising. A lot of times the focus is on we, we can only do bursaries if we have the money therefore we need to focus on fundraising and then the conversation stops. In actual fact there are three key elements of of a bursary programme. You need to have all three working really well if you're going to have a successful programme and the funding is only one of those three elements. So I'm going to talk briefly about the concept of finding, funding and flourishing. I have to say right up front, this is not something that I've come up with. I wish I did because I love the alliteration in this. This is something that I've heard people talk about. I don't actually know exactly where it originates from. So if you want to let me know and I'll credit them in the notes, please do let me know. But this idea of programmes need to have an element of finding the right people, funding the bursaries and enabling those recipients to flourish. So in that first category, finding, this is all about bursaries marketing. This is marketing to increase the number of bursaries applications. And normally this is really important as a programme matures because you need to be able to select the pupils who are going to benefit the most from the education that you can offer. 
And if you only have a handful of applicants each year for a handful of bursaries, you're probably not getting out there enough into your local community to make sure that people know about your bursaries because you need to have a good number of applications so that whatever criteria you're setting, and that could be to do with income, it could be to do with young people who are care experienced, whatever the criteria you set, you need to have a good number of applicants to be to be able to be robust in saying externally that we are selecting the people who are going to really benefit. This is going to be a transformational opportunity for them. So there's bursaries marketing. In the finding element, there's also running the bursary application and selecting process. And that includes the means testing process as well. So all of the selection tests that you might be putting out there, the application forms. There's also in that finding element of a bursary programme, the induction journey. So the journey that applicants make from the first moment they hear about the school all the way through to being accepted, they then become bursary recipients. There's a transition then into the school and over their first year or at least their first term where you're thinking about that induction process, the journey that you're taking the recipients and their families on during that time. And that will be somewhat similar to the journey you take all applicants on during that time. But there might be specific things that you want to put in there for your bursary applicants to ensure they're feeling really fully welcomed during those key points in that journey. So what I've described there under finding generally sits with the marketing, admissions and finance departments. So the marketing team would be looking at marketing bursaries, the admissions team will look at everything to do with the application and selection process, and then the finance team is likely to get involved if there's a means testing that's happening internally, although you may be doing that externally and outsourcing that process. So it's fairly clear to me that none of those activities sit within the development office. The second key element of a successful bursary programme is the funding. And this is what we've talked about at length many, many times on this podcast. Fundraising for bursaries, donor stewardship, ensuring that people, um, donors are being communicated to on a regular basis, that you're communicating impact to them, that you're doing everything um, in compliance with not only the legal requirements of fundraising, but also best practice for educational fundraising. And all of that obviously sits within the development office team. The third element of a successful bursary program is flourishing. And this is about the journey that recipients, bursary recipients take right from the moment they join the school. And there's a handover period here, obviously, during the actual induction that they have from the admissions team. Everything that they experience as they are thriving within your school. So this will include the school culture and making sure it's as as inclusive as possible. We know that inclusive cultures um, shift and change and develop over time. So it's not just a once and done job. That is a continual cultivation of your inclusive school culture. It's ensuring that the pastoral support is there for bursary recipients, as it is for all of your other pupils, ensuring that those bursary recipients can really thrive in your school. And it also includes at least facilitating the collection of data. So looking at results for bursary pupils um, at the different stages of their education to ensure that they are at least performing in line with the rest of your pupils. That'll imply, it'll give you information about whether or not there's that true academic thriving that's happening for them. 
And then also facilitating the collection of testimonials. Now that may be anonymous and the development team may or may not be slightly involved with that. But the majority of what I've described there within that flourishing section will sit within the pastoral team of the school. There may be elements where other parts of the school are involved, but I would suggest that the pastoral team, so deputy head pastoral or whichever team is leading that that um, area of the school, they have the central oversight, if you like, of bursary pupil flourishing. So these are just examples. And when you get into the detail, it gets a lot more um, kind of messy, if you like, than just an obvious division between different departments. And it's always really important that you are talking through with each other. Okay, there are particular things with that school, particular reasons why maybe the development office does get involved in one or two of these other elements. But generally speaking, the finding sits within the marketing, admissions and finance departments. The funding sits within the development office and the flourishing sits within the pastoral team. So what goes wrong? Now I've described it like that. It seems kind of really obvious. It's sort of one of those things like, okay, so why isn't that happening? And one of the big reasons why, in addition to what I said earlier about everyone being short of time, is that successful fundraising relies on successful finding and flourishing. So for example, to explain what I mean, donors who are giving to a bursary programme, especially if you're going back to them for a second donation or a regular donation over time, they want to see impact reporting. They want to know that the awards that are being made to those who will benefit the most. They don't know names, obviously, but they need to know a little bit about the background, the stories, the impact that those bursaries are having. They want to be able to see some testimonials to really understand, even if they're anonymous, that the donations that they're making are having a significant impact on people. And they need to know as well, and increasingly this will become something that donors ask for, some of that data around flourishing as well. So looking at an analysis of academic performance compared between bursary pupils and other pupils, or perhaps it's to do with the value add. So the point at which bursary pupils join your school, what's the value add to their academic achievements during their time at your school? And because donors are wanting to see, quite rightly, this information, it means that often the pressure comes on development offices to produce this information, to go out and seek and and find this information and to ensure that bursaries marketing is happening really effectively so that people are being selected from a pool of people to ensure that those who come to the school really are genuinely going to benefit. So I think that it's the reason that it gets a bit complicated is because you cannot successfully fundraise unless that bursary's finding and the bursary's flourishing is really strong. But that does not mean that it's the responsibility of the development office to deliver on all three of those elements. And that's where splitting the remits between different departments and securing resources within each of those departments is critically important. So in conclusion, I'm absolutely thrilled to see more and more schools committing themselves to bursaries. And I think as we're seeing those programmes mature and more and more schools coming on board, I think it needs to be a really important part of what we're doing to share best practice around which department's doing what and how they can deliver the finding, the funding and the flourishing elements of programmes really effectively. And the end result of all of this is that there should be a really smooth operation 
within each of these departments or between each of these departments that enables the journey that the recipients and also the donors take as they themselves are being involved in or receiving um, support from the bursaries program, that needs to be seamless. And we can only achieve that if we've got this really, we take down the silos and we've got a really good working relationship between these different offices and everyone's focusing their efforts on the areas where they can really deliver the strategic priorities that they have. Hopefully this is helpful. I'd be really interested to hear your feedback on this because I really have seen this happen more and more in the last, let's say, 12 months. These challenges facing development offices, expectations escalating with regards to their involvement in bursaries programmes. It'd be really interesting to me to hear from people as to whether they're feeling this as well or whether this is something that maybe your school had cracked. It's got it sorted right from the beginning, in which case I'd love to hear from you too to share your best practice stories. That's it from me this time. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye then. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast, the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes, or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash podcast.